Hello there, and welcome to the Scripts Aloud podcast. Let us entertain you with scripts brought to life and death. Join us once a fortnight where you can listen, laugh, and cry. When in Toxteth, written by Natalie Wu, performed by Mick Rowe. yesterday. I stopped over at Keith's. It was his dad that died. What a night. The wake was held at Sefton Bowling Club. Wet ham sandwiches were washed down with pints of warm beer by incomprehensible members of Sefton Bowling Club. I didn't have any. Lord knows how long they'd been sat there breeding listeria. Keith, he's a funny looker. He's got those jam jar glasses, you know, the ones that make your eyes look magnified. He looked worse than normal at the wake. His eyes were all red and watery. A combination of a mild congenital eye deformity and the half unfinished bottle of grouse he'd necked the night before. I had to sleep in his dad's room. He had to push aside detritus that was littered all over the 70s Axminster carpet. It was littered with dying old man paraphernalia, a vintage carpet sweeper, zimmer frame, wheelchair, commode, oxygen tank. It reeked, stale sweat, urine and death by emphysema. I wondered if, if Uncle Steve had actually died in there. When I pulled back the cover, I could see the imprint still on the mattress, like the Turin shroud. I climbed in reluctantly, stared up at the ceiling, waiting for the snowflakes of dead skin to resettle. I prayed, Dear God, please, don't let me see the ghost of Uncle Steve tonight. I woke up in the morning, I was exhausted and starving. My eyes stank. It was like someone with a voodoo doll had been sticking pins into the jelly. Then I heard a woman's voice downstairs. I could hear her asking Keith how his dad was. I held my breath, knowing how awful that woman was going to feel when he told her that he'd already passed away. Still in bed, Pam. Not too sharp this morning. He's really struggling with his breathing now. What? Reckon he's only got a few weeks left now, Pam. I went downstairs. I said to him, who were that? He explained to me that that was the Meals on Wheels lady, Pam from the council, and that she brought his dad up meal every day. I said to him, but your dad's dead. And he just said that, yeah, he knew that that he'd just not told him yet. He was going to probably in the next couple of weeks, but that the food was really good, home cooked, and that it only took three minutes to heat up in the microwave. And then he asked me, asked me if I was hungry. I was speechless. I kind of shrugged and 
nodded my head in a non-committal way. And then he walked off back into the nicotine-stained kitchen. He was humming to himself, humming, as though it was perfectly normal to house a guest in a dead man's unwashed bed and to then serve him up a dead man's meal. Maybe that's what you do in Toxteth. Maybe it's me. Maybe I've just got a bit uptight since I've left. Prudish. Prim. Maybe even a snob. So what was I to do when in Toxteth? I could hear my uncle Steve's wheezy voice egging me on and his bony finger poking me in the small of my back. My stomach. Growled and it smelt really good. So I said to Keith, What's she brought us then? The Clinic, written by Mark Manley and performed by Paul Denial, Mick Rowe and Mark Manley. Good morning and welcome to Regen. The leaders in genuine, general, genital regeneration. We'd like to direct your call to the right department. So, in a few words, can you tell me what you're calling about today? For example, it may be, I can't get it up anymore. Or, I'm pissing blood. Or, I have a rash. Hello, uh... God, this is hard. I'm not used to. So, it's hard, is that right? No, uh, uh, I, I'm ringing because I'm having trouble down there with me pissing. So, it's hard pissing, is that right? Yes. Right. Well, let me connect you with someone who can handle this for you. No, I don't want... Hi, you're through to Helena on the bladder slash urine desk. Can I help you? Oh, yes. Uh, it's about... Uh... Can I have your name, please? Uh, it's Andy. Andy Corbett. Andy Corbett? Ah, I think we've spoken before. When I was in the department for premature ejection... Uh, no, no, I've, I've never rung before. Are you sure? You sound very familiar no, to no, me. No, no, never, never. Look, it must have been someone else. OK, cool. Bet you get that a lot, don't you? No. Okay, then. Now, what seems to be wrong with the old splashing tackle? What? Splashing tackle? It, look, I just don't have the same flow as I'm used to. Flow. Now, there's a lovely word. So, is this after you've had an excess of alcohol or before? I didn't say anything about alcohol. I only have a few units in a week. Right. I bet you do. So, is that in a weak state, or did you mean a week, 
as in seven days. What? I mean in seven bloody days. Ah, so you're passing blood. When did this start? Look, I'm not passing blood. I just can't seem to... Spray like a horse? You what? Spray like a horse. I seem to remember that you had a similar problem when you rang last year. No, I've never rung before, ever. So, does it help if your wife assists? What? I'm a widow. She died in a car crash. Oh, dear. I'm sorry to hear that. I do hope it wasn't connected to the therapy you've had. Eh? Look, I've never spoken to you before. Just leave it, will you? All I need is an appointment with someone who'll sort me out. I bet you do. But... Let's just focus on the questions, so you can get back to some quality gushing again. Gushing? That's right. That's another lovely word, isn't it? Anyway, do you find it better to sit or to stand when it's out? Uh, I am not sure. Probably, you know, to stand. Yeah, when I'm standing. Is that stood to attention or just standing? You what? Well... Let's just say, sagging or not. Sagging? It's quite normal for men of advanced age. Look, I'm only 50. I know. It says it in your file. No, look, you've got me mixed up with someone else. Andy, if you're mixed up with someone else, that's none of our concern. So, that's fine. Now, how often do you piss? You know, on an average day. Well, uh, I suppose it's about, well, no more than 40, maybe 45. Oh, I see. So, in pints, how much are you drinking? That is, of any fluids except bodily ones. Bodily? Not, Not sure. Look, can't I just book an appointment? In a moment. Patience, please, Andy. I just need to know. For each of your 40 to 45 squirts, would you describe them as either A, a gush, B, a splash, C, a dribble, or D, an embarrassing drip that achieves nothing, but would still leave you with wet pants after a while? God above! D! Ah, so not as embarrassing as your previous issue. Will you stop it? I just don't know you. Really? So, you don't remember coming in for a helping hand? Eh? Do you still have that impressive collection of warts on your... I I don't like your comments. I'm only repeating facts, as witnessed up close, and I mean very close. Right, I've had enough. What's your name? I want to complain to your boss. Really, Andy? Well, I am surprised. Anyway... Do you want to write it down? Yes, I do. Fire away. So, it's Helena, as in Mount Helena. Eartha, as in the singer. Then Kitson, spelt K-I-T-S-O-N. Helena Eartha Kitson. That's right. See, my dad liked the singer, and what with Kitson as a surname, you know. Oh, really, you poor bugger. Poor bugger? Why is that? Why? Hell on earth. I can see now why you've got a chip on your shoulder. So, 
Will you be making a complaint, or can I book you in for a complimentary wart scrape? Oh, go on then, and, and while we're at it, can you get someone to sort out me flow? Of course, Andy. It'll be our Austrian specialist, Herr Horst Splatterham. How does Tuesday at noon sound? Uh, yeah, I can do that. Oh, what a relief. Palan Dieu, written and performed by Paul Denial. The night is dark, with heavy rain clouds blowing fiercely across the black backdrop of our heaven. Few stars can be seen through the bare whipping branches of the skeletal winter trees, whilst the moon hides low on the horizon, as if in its own fear of what is about to unfold. My breeches and top coat are icy cold and wet glued to my pathetic, shivering body as I trudge reluctantly along the uneven, puddled path towards a deserted house behind high gates. Looking fearfully behind me, the dark closes in like a solid curtain, hiding the path I have warily trodden and veiling any retreat. I carry my lantern uselessly unlit, for in my foolish innocence, I believe that darkness can be my ally. Several times I fight the urge to turn and run, but I somehow know in my heart that I dare not abandon my task, however overbearing it becomes. This creature must be stopped, and if not by my hand on this night, who knows what further terrors will be unleashed on other innocent and unsuspecting souls. Its utterings have been heard by many, yet few suspect the true purpose of its whispered, sibilant words, dismissing them as nothing more than curious ramblings. I alone at this time have come to understand the insidious nature of the beast. In the darkness I stumble over a large stone and fall to my knees, the ice-cold water soaks through my stockings, and as I wearily lower my face downwards, the sodden, powdered hairpiece slips from my smooth, hairless scalp, sinking mockingly beneath the shallow black surface. How long I remain in that position of supplication, I know not. The passage of time has become as tenebrous a thing as the scudding clouds in the heavens above my downcast head. Screams rip the turgid air, shooting needles into my skin, exciting every nerve in my body, and I fall to my side, twitching. Even as I elect to remain there, to give in to the sweet warmth of death, I know I cannot allow the living evil to exist one night longer. To do so will be to condemn the whole of mankind itself to a hell incarnate from which it can surely never escape. 
You question my description of warm death? Ah oh, yes, I know that scribes have for eons written of death as grey and cold. But what they record is merely the earthly remains, not the living and tortured soul cast down to exist in everlasting torment in Hades. I know I am so tempted to surrender. I also know that the creature has sensed my coming and my intent. It has reached out with its mind to deter me from my path, my purpose, my destiny. And then, in my weakest moment, the moment of total capitulation, a greater power, that authority in which we must all have ultimate belief, causes my head to be lifted and I see, outlined on the high hill, that symbol of salvation sent down to us from our Creator. I gaze in wonder at the recreation of Calvary, whilst lightning flashes and thunder booms around me as he confirms to me the magnificent ethereal power which is to be my guide and saviour. The cross on that high spire is lightning struck but does not split. It burns yet it is not consumed as it flames with glorious fire. I am not ashamed dear listener to admit that I cry and my tears mingle and flow with the heaven sent rain. My shuddering, pathetic body and weakened mind cannot be more inadequate for the task ahead. Yet I have to withstand and overcome the foulest thing to face any living being. I clasp my hands together and recite the prayer we have all been taught from first understandings. But this time I do understand. I truly believe in each simple word written by man for the worship of God. I feel his power fill me as each line ends, each utterance drawing strength to sustain me for the onerous challenge ahead. I do not bother to search for my hairpiece, that hirsute affectation. It will avail me nothing in the coming confrontation. I would trade a thousand vain things to clasp just one page torn from our holiest book. But all I have is my righteous belief in goodness, the promise of glorious heaven, and the knowledge of the unending putridity of hell should I fail. As I now stride forward, the ground sucks at my feet, cloying, mudded hands seeming to grab at my ankles and calves. I slip many times along that path, often going down on torn knees, yet now I draw strength from knowing I am no longer alone and thereby rise to stand, face forward and take that next step. No longer do I falter in purpose, no longer do I think of turning back. You're with me and I'm a hard bitch. I ask the difficult questions which you, the listener, would ask given half a chance. 
This morning, we're speaking to uh, oh, the Minister of Animal Welfare, Jeremy Widebottom, <laughs> about his particular interest in stick insects. Unfortunately, Mr Widebottom couldn't be bothered to come to the studio, so apologies if the phone line isn't up to my usual high standards. Oh, good morning, Andima. Is it? I wouldn't know. I've been in this studio since 4.30. It was cold, dark and wet when I was driving in. Well, things have... Don't interrupt, Jeremy. It's very rude. Sorry. So, Jezza, why stick insects? A bit pathetic, aren't they? No, not at all. I mean, normal people have proper pets, like cats, dogs or a horse or a goldfish, but stick insects... Fez dear to give them their proper name... Don't get clever, Jez. Our listeners don't like to be talked down to. They're sticks. They don't move. They don't do anything, do they? Au contraire. I won't tell you again, Jay. Keep it simple or else. Less condensation. You you mean condescension, surely? Condensation... Enough! Well, did you know these wonderful creatures are hermaphrodites? Is that Greek? Well, the word is Greek, yes. Yes, get in. Who needs a la-di-da university education? Secondary modern, good enough for me. It means they have both male and female reproductive organs. Shut up! Really? Yes, they can reproduce themselves. So, no need for a male of the species. Liking that, girl power. They're not really female either. No need to be exploited. Deceived, then cast aside as he chases after some young bimbo. Serves him right. She was underage. He's locked up. Sweet justice. They can protect themselves by secreting. That's quite enough of that, thank you. I will not have talk of secretions on my show. Now... Moving on to our listeners' questions, you might realise they're all on the same subject of this so-called vaccine. Well, I'm not really qualified. I don't care whether you're qualified. You're here. Now, the so-called vaccine... It is a vaccine, not so-called. Last warning, Jezza. No more interrupting. What colour is it? Pardon? Colour, Minister. What colour is the vaccine? Simple enough for even you to answer. It's... well, it's... While this so-called minister, so say representing you, the taxpayer, dreams up yet another non-answer, let's play a listener request. Young Girl by Gary Puckett. Very appropriate, wouldn't you say? I'll be back shortly, and I'm a hard bitch. (laughs) 
That's it this week from the Scripts Aloud team. We hope you've enjoyed the ride. Join us in two weeks' time for more tall tales and comic capers that'll make you giggle or gasp.